0: This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Coming up today, here on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out from Scripture there's coming a day when evildoers will finally reap what they've sown.
1: We all read of horrible injustice that happens in this world. And we think they can't get away with this. And those people never face the ramifications for their sin. They escape the long arm of the law. But listen, they will not escape the long arm of the Lord. There's a final judgment. And this is that day. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace.
0: Human history is littered with unthinkable atrocities. The evil is mind boggling. But the Bible says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to peer into the future to the day of judgment when God finally distributes punishment according to his righteousness. We're in the dramatic book of Revelation, examining God's plan for the last days.
1: Let's all turn in our Bibles now to Revelation chapter 19. The title of my message is The Second Coming. Look at Revelation 19 verse 11. Now I saw heaven open and behold a white horse And he that sat in him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself and he is clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Wow, what a powerful passage That is, look at verse 11. He's called faithful and true. This is in contrast to the devil who is unfaithful and he lies. Jesus said in John 8, 44 to the Pharisees, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He's a murderer from the beginning and he is a liar and he is the father of lies. No, our Lord is faithful and true. But of course, not everyone thinks that for the non-believer. God is never fair in what he does. And when men go out and break God's laws that he gives us for our own protection, and then they face the inevitable consequences, they shake a fist in the face of God and blame him. But the fact is, he's faithful and true. And God keeps his promises. Think about it. Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Jesus said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Has the Lord not kept his promises to you? Well, he's gonna keep all of his promises, including his promise to come again. Because they said in John fourteen three, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you unto myself. That where I am, you may be also. Now I want to point out something. Judgment is not God's happy place. I think some people think that judgment is God's happy place. Oh yeah, I've been waiting for this. I can hardly wait. No, it's the opposite of that. Remember. We read in scripture that God is not willing that any should perish and also we read God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Here's some things we learned from the verses we just read in case you're taking notes. Number one, the second coming of Christ will be public and it will be seen by everyone. The second coming of Christ will be public and it will be seen by all. There'll be no mistaking it when it happens. People will not say, was that just a really bad storm? No, everyone will know because Jesus said, as the lightning shines from the east to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Number two, the second coming of Christ will be accompanied by sadness and weeping. Yes, it's a happy day for heaven, but it's a sad day for earth. Israel will mourn as they realize that Jesus was their Messiah. Zechariah 12.10 says, "A Look on me whom they have pierced and mourn for him as for an only son. They will grieve bitterly for him as for a firstborn son who has died. And Jesus is coming to bring righteous retribution and vengeance. Let me say that again. Jesus is coming to bring righteous retribution and vengeance. Now, I know some people don't like the idea of a vengeful God. They want to think of him as a loving God. He is a loving God. He is a forgiving God. He is also a holy God and a righteous God. And in this instance, he is a vengeful God. Some would say, oh no, God it is too good to punish sin. Now listen, God is too good to not punish sin. Romans 12, 19 says this, beloved, Do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Now think about it. We all read of horrible injustice that happens in this world, wicked acts of violence perpetrated on people. And innocent little children. And we think they can't get away with this. And those people never get arrested. They're never incarcerated. They never face the ramifications for their sin. They escape the long arm of the law. But listen, they will not escape the long arm of the Lord. There's a final judgment. And everything will come out. And this is that day. Let me say a word about us being there with the Lord. We're returning with the Lord, he's returning with mighty armies. Because the Bible says when Christ who is our life shall appear, we shall see him as he is and we'll be with him in that day. So we're coming back with the Lord when he returns to the earth again. Now, notice he rides a white horse in verse 11. A white horse. Now think about when Jesus came into Jerusalem. He, he rode a little donkey a little different than a white horse. You know, we think a donkey and now a white horse. Well, this is how we expect him to come on a beautiful white stallion. On that first entry of Jesus into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, they said, "Hail him, hail him, hail him." And it was only days later that they said, "Nail him, nail him, nail him." But now he is returning as the risen Lord. And it's interesting it's a white stallion. If you've been with us in this Revelation series, you may recall that Revelation six has the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and the first is a white horse, and that's Antichrist, reminding us that Antichrist comes on the scene trying to present himself as Jesus Christ, or as the Messiah. Remember, anti doesn't just mean against, it also means instead of, but he, he's a false messiah. And remember, Antichrist in Revelation 6 had one crown, but Jesus wears many crowns. Remember, our Lord wore a crown of thorns when he was crucified. Now he wears many crowns as he returns on his white stallion. This is Air Horse One returning to the earth again.
0: Well, you're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in the US. And today, he continues with some more insight about the second coming as we continue our study series in the book of Revelation, a book of promises. Let's continue.
1: Sometimes people wonder, what did Jesus look like? You think of all the films you've seen that present Jesus, and we've seen him presented in so many ways, and people wonder what his skin color was, what his hair color was, how tall he was. Isn't it interesting that in all the Bible, not one gospel author, not one person stops to just say, oh, by the way, Jesus was like around 5'10", he had dark hair, or whatever. Now one person describes, and maybe that's because God knows our propensity for a idolatry and knew that we would worship an image of him. But here we actually have a description of the appearance of Jesus, but it is symbolic. Three things stand out, his eyes, his head, and his robe. First there are his eyes. Verse 12, his eyes are like a flame of fire. Now this conveys judgment. This conveys righteousness as he is looking at you, you know, uh, when you meet someone, you look them in the eyes, you shake their hand. I was taught my sons, you know, when you meet someone for the first time, you stand up, you firmly shake their hand, you say, nice to meet you. Some people don't want to make eye contact at all. They say the eye is the window to the soul. Well, now you're looking into the eyes of Jesus. Imagine that for a moment. His penetrating gaze cuts through every mask of hypocrisy because he sees the heart. We read when Jesus saw Matthew and called him in the Gospels, he saw right through him, or literally he gazed right through him. So here are the eyes of the Lord who sees everything. And then there's his head. Verse 12, on his head were many crowns. He has many crowns because he rules many kingdoms, because he is Lord of all. God is sovereign over the entire universe. He's the all-knowing, all-powerful ruler who is also a loving, compassionate Savior. And then there's his robe, verse 13. He has a robe that's dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. This phrase dipped in blood could be better translated spattered in blood, reminding us that when he came the first time, he came to die for the sin of the world. Now he is coming to judge the world and return again. And he speaks his enemies out of existence with just a word from his mouth. The same voice that creates and stops storms and summons angels speaks, and now that judgment has finally come. Now you would think when Christ is returning, and these forces that are engaged in battle with each other in the Battle of Armageddon, uh, the kings of the east that we already read about, and the forces of the Antichrist, suddenly Christ appears. Christ is returning. You would think that they would turn from their sins. Here he is, the Lord, returning to planet Earth. You'd think they would just say, God, forgive us. No, that's not what they do at all. Look at verse 19. I saw the beast, that's the Antichrist, the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on his horse and on his army. So they take what little strength they have left and point it toward Christ and attack him. And now this final judgment comes. Revelation 19, verse 20. Then the beast, that's the Antichrist, was captured. With him the false prophet, that's the Antichrist sidekick slash religious guru leader, and they were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. The Antichrist and the false prophet are immediately judged. These two are so wicked they go directly to the lake of fire. Now those who have died rejecting Christ will wait for that final judgment, the great white throne judgment that I will talk about later. This is amazing stuff that John's watching. He's just overwhelmed. And then we read in verse 10 that he fell at the feet of this angel that's delivering this message. And the angel says, hey man, well he didn't say hey man, but he said, (laughs) see that you don't do that. I'm your fellow servant and of your brother's and then he makes this amazing statement, the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. So the angel's saying, hey, don't do that. Well, we're in this together. This is all about Jesus. And then he gives this very important message that shows you why we've studied the book of Revelation and why we need to know more about prophecy in the Bible. Why? Because the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. Listen to this if you have gone through this series with us and your heart has not been moved closer to God, if you can live in sin, breaking God's commandments with abandon, and yet say, oh, I believe in the imminent return of Jesus, Houston, we have a problem. (laughs) The idea is if you really understand Bible prophecy, it should affect you in the way that you live. As it says in 1 John, he that has this hope, that is the hope of the Lord's return, they will purify himself even as he is pure. So hopefully uh, studying these things has impacted you spiritually. Because ultimately the book of Revelation, and remember Revelation, not Revelations, there's only one. The book of Revelation unveils truth. That's what it means, unveiling. It unveils our future. It unveils us to us, but most importantly, the book of Revelation unveils Jesus. Here's Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about a relationship with Jesus Christ. So let me say in closing, if you're a Christian, there is a judgment seat you will appear before. Again, not about whether you get in heaven or not because the judgment will happen in heaven, It's like an award ceremony where you'll be giving rewards for your faithfulness to the Lord. But if you're a non-believer, you will stand before the great white throne judgment. And I'll talk about that next time. It's going to be ominous and it's going to be final. And there's no turning back if you get there. Listen, there are no chances after death, but there are thousands before You have an opportunity to get right with God so you don't have to face that final judgment because Jesus already faced it for you when he died on the cross in your place. He voluntarily, willingly went to the cross and was nailed to it and bled and died for the sin of the world. He bled and died for your sin. I mentioned earlier about how you can have a relationship with God. Let me ask you, do you know God in a personal way? Is Christ living inside of you? Do you have his peace in your heart that passes all human understanding? Or do you find yourself just filled with fear and panic and anxiety and worry, especially with all that's going on in the world, and then you're afraid of death, and then you fear the idea of the return of the Lord? That would indicate to me you don't have a relationship with him. But you can have a relationship with him. As I've said before, Being a Christian is not becoming a religious person. Being a Christian means you have a relationship with God Almighty. This is why Jesus died. This is why he rose again, so you can know God. Not just know about God, so you can know God. The same Jesus who died and rose again from the dead is alive, and he's standing at the door of your life, and he is knocking, and he is saying, if you will hear his voice and open the door He'll come in. You're saying, hear his voice, like a literal, audible voice? Probably not. But there's sort of a tug, a tug inside of you. Because what I have said is resonating with you. It's making sense to you. You're saying, this is it. This is what I've been looking for. This is who I've been looking for. It's Jesus. How could I have missed him all this time? Maybe you've looked at all the various religious ideas, but you never once opened the Bible. Maybe you've tried all the drugs, you've tried all the parties, you've tried all the things this culture says you should have to make you happy, and you're not. Maybe you've even thought of taking your own life, you're so despondent. And here is Jesus saying, everything you need is found in a relationship with me. And if you will come to me and believe in me, I will forgive you of all of your sin. And you can know that you'll go to heaven, and you can know that you'll be ready for the return of the Lord. Would you like Christ to come into your life? Would you like him to forgive you of your sin? Would you like a relationship with him? Would you like to make a clean break with your past and have a new beginning? It can happen for you right here, right now. I would like to lead you in a simple prayer, a prayer where you will be asking Jesus to come into your life to be your savior and your Lord. Now, I'll pray it, but I would ask you to pray it out loud after me. So if you want Jesus to come into your life right now, if you want to go to heaven when you die, if you want to be ready for the Lord's return, or you want to fill that big hole in your heart, you just need to ask Christ to come in, and I'll lead you in this prayer. Stop what you're doing, if you can, and pray this prayer. You might even pray it out loud after me. This is a prayer where you're asking Jesus to come and live in your life. Pray these words. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you're the Savior who died on the cross for my sin and rose again from the dead. Now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Be my Savior, be my Lord, be my God, and be my friend. Thank you for hearing this prayer and answering this prayer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
0: Pastor Greg Laurie, closing with an important prayer with those making a decision for the Lord today. And if you've just prayed with Pastor Greg and you meant those words sincerely, know on the authority of Scripture that your sins have been forgiven. Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we want to help you get started in living the Christian life. We'd love to send you some free resource materials to help you on this new journey. Just ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you call us on 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. The team would also love to pray with you. That's 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. Well, next time we'll move further ahead in our Revelation series as Pastor Greg leads our studies of the millennium. We'll see what the Bible tells us about this thousand-year earthly reign of Jesus Christ. Join us again for a new beginning next time. For a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called The Second Coming. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call one 800 0 Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.